0: atmosphere of worship. Let me also announce uh, this coming Sunday, we have what we call our church anniversary. Amen. And I encourage every one of you to come and show your love, your appreciation, for the ministry here at Zion Hill. The Lord has established this church for 98 years. That's a long, long time. And we thank God for every year because somebody is being touched, somebody is being helped, and the gospel of Jesus Christ is going forward. So, we encourage you to not only come, but pray that God will do some awesome things in our midst. Also, we encourage you to give to show your appreciation. We have a tradition when it comes to church annual. We give $1 for every year of our existence. So, but if you do not have a dollar for every year of existence, you give what God has prospered you. And if you want to do more for the glory of God, remember to whom much is given, much is required. Amen. Also, I want to say thank you to all of you. Helped to take all of our supplies to those who are in need down south. We appreciate every one of you. Amen. Uh, We were able to identify a local church down there in Laplace. And we were able to go with a lot of supplies. Many of you gave money. Many of you gave uh, canned goods and other things, and the church also buys some things, and and thank God for our transportation department, so everything was on time. Now, while I'm saying thank you, uh, that's not the end of our effort, so it's just the beginning because the need is still there so I will encourage you continue to give we are blessed to have uh, contacts I don't know too many people down south I will admit Uh, but we have ministers Minister Moore is there with Jesse Duplantis Minister Carla Joseph is there city of Laplace and they all working together to identify the needs. So our job is to meet the needs, their job is to find us the contact. So we are we are encouraging you to continue to give. This is one of the best areas to invest your time and resources. Also tomorrow we're going to have what we call a Zoom call video conference with all the church leaders and hopefully during that time uh, I can share with you we need to have what we call a relief team. It's obvious that this kind of hurricane or whatever you call it can happen and it's not necessarily going away so we don't need to be responding Amen. every year in emergency. Amen. So, and I will admit that um, one of our brothers here, Deacon James Smith, had suggested that to me a few years ago. So it finally dawned on me rather than just bringing impromptu groups and, and then everybody doing their own thing. we need to speak with one voice. So, I pray that God enable us to not only get organized, but to see this as an opportunity to help people who are in need. Remember what I said earlier, to whom much is given, much is required. Maybe for such a time like this, God has spared our church. So I look forward to to working with all of you. I want to say thank you to all of our guests this morning. Uh, We appreciate you joining us. And also we say thank you to those of you who are live streaming. It's always a joy when brothers and sisters come together to worship the Lord. And how about the choir and the worship team this (laughs) morning? Amen. Every time I show up and then I change my, I say, that's my best song. And it's it's just changing, keep changing. Uh, But you deserve my worship. You deserve my praise. That that has moved to the top of the chart. (laughs) So, So thank you. Let may thank God for them one more time. We appreciate you. Thank you for your ministry. It's a blessing. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to the book of St. John. Glad to see all of the ministers, uh, Pastor Tinney, the rest of you, uh, Brother Deakin Gibson. Amen. I'm seeing you. More and more regularly here now. So you need to get back on team. Amen. Praise God. God. Obedience, birth, blessing. The book is St. John chapter 8. We're going to read verses 2 through verse 11. Uh, This is a narrative of an event, so I'm going to encourage you to follow the story so that when I begin to point things out, you you remember what you have read. It will not be like Greek and Hebrew to you. St. John, chapter 8. We're going to read verses 2 to verse 11. Glad to see Pastor Mitchell and his wife. We welcome you back home. The Gospel of St. John chapter 8, verses 2 through verse 11. Let's read together. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stood down, and with his fingers wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you let him first cast a stone at her, And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those that accuse us? Had no man condemned thee? She said, No man Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful for the word of God. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this house. And we pray in the precious name of Jesus that everyone under the sound of my voice, those who are watching on television, listening on radio, those who are live streaming, that every one of us will have an encounter With almighty God today. Have your way in this place. Glorify yourself in the house. I thank you for it. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you for a few minutes. On the subject titled. An encounter. With God. Personal encounter with God. Let me start out by telling you that one genuine encounter with God will transform your destiny. I believe I'll say that again. One genuine encounter with Almighty God will completely change your life. For example, Abraham was an ordinary man, but he had an encounter with God. God showed up and tell him, Mr. Abraham, get thee out of thy kingdom. Get thee out of your country. Go to a place that I will show you. And if you do so, I will bless you. And you know the result of that encounter. Abraham became the father of a nation. Abraham became a man with generational blessing. In this life, he was blessed. He was celebrated on earth and even in heaven. Yes, if you remember the story of Lazarus and the rich man, the rich man when the, when he got to hell say, will you please tell Abraham to send one of his servants? That's a man that has servants even in heaven. Yeah. Blessed on earth. Yeah. On earth, the Bible says Abraham was rich. In silver, in gold, yeah. that's what happened to a man or a woman who encountered God. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, every great destiny is born out of an encounter with yeah. God. Yeah. If you see a man or a woman uh. that is blessed beyond measure is yes. a result of an encounter with God. If you don't believe me, you remember the story of Moses. Moses had an encounter with God. Am I right about it? He was in the middle of nowhere, in the desert, taking care of sheep that belongs to his father-in-law. And all of a sudden, God showed up. And he saw the bush burning. But the Bush was not consumed an encounter with God. As a result, ladies and gentlemen, Moses became a leader of more than two million member congregation. There's not that too many pastors on earth. Moses was so successful. God told him, I will make you a God unto Pharaoh. That's what an encounter with God would do for you. Moses' destiny was so changed when he died, God himself had to bury him. He was too anointed to be touched by man. You know you're blessed when God is your poor bearer. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. I'm talking about having an encounter with Almighty God. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible is full of people like you, men and women of flesh and blood, who had an encounter with God. Remember Mr. Gideon? He was just a young man. In his teenage year, he was just sitting down under the tree. And God showed up. God said, young man, you're a mighty man of valor. Gideon said, you've got to be kidding. I come from a poor family. I come from a small tribe. My family is the least... Of all the tribes in Israel. And you calling me a mighty man? Am I missing something? And the result of that encounter with God, he was able to achieve what we call conquest with only 300 men. And they did the job that 22,000 people was enrolled for. When you have an encounter with God, your life will never be the same again. I repeat, every great story is traceable to an encounter with God. The truth be told, nobody really makes themselves successful. Except the Lord build the house. Are you still here? Everyone that labors, labors in vain. Remember Mr. Solomon. Solomon was just an ordinary brother. But because of his worship, because of his giving, just like what you all experienced this morning, I see people with tears in their eyes I see people lifting up holy hands. I see people worshiping, dancing in various ways. Solomon worshiped God to the point that God said, ask me for anything. Am I still in the book? I'm talking to you about an encounter with God. You know what's wrong with churches today? You're coming to church every Sunday, but you had no encounter with God. I pray today that God will change your destiny. That you will have a personal encounter with Almighty God. From the pulpit to the pews. In the name of Jesus. If you receive that, say amen. Because of Solomon's encounter with God, you know the result was that he became the richest man on the whole earth. He also became the wisest man. You know you're tough when you're the smartest cookie in the whole planet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can go on and on and share with you. I'm just introducing the subject of having an encounter with God. Mr. Saul had an encounter with God on his way to Damascus. You all know his story. He was going to go fight and and arrest Christians and kill. He was an enemy of God. But God knocked him off his mule. Blinded his eyes. And Jesus in that personal encounter told him, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that encounter with God changed his life forever. As a result of that encounter, Saul became Paul, the apostle. Saul, who became the apostle Paul, wrote two-thirds of all the New Testament. That's what an encounter with God would do for you. Apostle Paul, he wrote all the epistles. You cannot preach anywhere on earth. Without saying, Paul said. <laughs> Your ministry is going nowhere until you get to the point that you can say, Paul said this. That's what an encounter with God would do for you. I got some good news. Would you like to know? The good news is that every one of us is a candidate. For an encounter with God. Say amen to that. In the passage I read to your hearing this morning, you saw another ordinary human being, a woman who had an encounter with Almighty God. But so that you understand what happened to her, I want to give you a quick background to our testimony. Ladies and gentlemen, back then, there's a group called the Scribes. There's a group called the Pharisees. These folks, they hate Jesus Christ. There's a reason why they hate Jesus. Number one, Jesus had become more popular than they are. I can stop there and have church. You'll be amazed how many people are envious of you just because of the car you drive. Just because of the man that you're dating. Just because of the success of your children. Just because of the kind of job God bless you with. They wanted to kill Jesus because they were jealous of him. Be careful of hanging out with jealous people because that spirit is contagious. Another reason why they don't like Jesus is because Jesus professed to be the son of God. Everybody in Israel knew that the Messiah is coming. Even the Pharisees, even the scribes, the Sadducees, everybody. But they could not stand the fact that Jesus professed to be the Messiah. In their mind, he could not be the Messiah. And in their mind, they have proofs to show that Jesus is not the Messiah. What are the proofs that they have? They said they saw him at Jericho. How he was hanging out with Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus in Israel was a big time sinner. Then they noticed not only was he hanging out with Zacchaeus, he went to his house to go eat with a big time sinner. So in the mind of the Pharisees, if Jesus was a messiah, he should have discerned that this is a bad dude he's hanging out with. So in their mind, it could not be the messiah. And they said to the people, you remember what happened at the pool of Bethsida? How he went and healed a man that was impotent for 38 years. And he told that man, pick up your bed and walk. Well, they said, the Pharisees argued, we have no problem With Jesus helping somebody. But doing it on Sabbath. That is out of order. He could not be the Messiah. If he's calling himself a Messiah. He must be a fake Messiah. He must be an imposter. So as far as they were concerned, they were determined to expose him. They were determined to get Jesus arrested. And they were determined to have him killed. So they came up with a game plan. And their game plan is to set Jesus up. So they brought this woman who was caught in an adultery. I can stop there and preach to you because in life, if you're not careful, people will set you up. Those of you who are in the business, if you are animal lovers and you like dogs, you will notice that some dogs are good for hunting. Some are good for just barking. Some are good for protection, but there are some dogs. They just set us. They don't hurt nothing. They won't fight for you. But when the enemy is coming, they say. there are human beings that they will set you up. They might not be the one who will kill you, but they will set you up. Those of you in ministry, you need to understand that. All of you pastors, you better listen to me. Part of the cross you, we carry in ministry, we have to constantly be on the lookout for people that want to set us up for failure. So they set Jesus up. They brought this woman that was caught in the act of adultery. And they knew the law because in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, the law of Moses said, if you catch any man or any woman in adultery, stone him, kill him to death, kill her to death. So they brought this woman, they said, hey, master, guess what? We cut this woman in the very act. Moses said we should kill her. You know the Lord, you're a rabbi. But we want to be sure what do you have to say about this? That's a setup. Set up in the sense that Jesus had basically two choices. She will kill her, she will stone her. He can either say, yes, Yes. you're right about the law. Or he can say, no, don't kill her. Now, if you say yes, that means he's, he's condemning that woman to death. There's a problem with that because in that season, the only person that can condemn anybody to death at the Roman government. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, if Jesus, a Jew, say yes, guess what the Romans would do to him? Yeah. They will arrest him for doing what only the Roman government can do. That's the setup there. Now, if he said no, don't kill her. Then they would say, ladies and gentlemen. You heard your Messiah, what he had to say. He just contradicted the law of Moses. So, either way he goes. Now you see the setup. Ladies and gentlemen, but notice what Jesus said. He said, he who is without sin, go first. Ladies and gentlemen, on that day, something amazing happened. I believe with all my heart, when Jesus said that, the Holy Spirit began to move. In case you don't know, and I have to teach the body of Christ more about the the, the work of the Holy Spirit even from the get-go, the beginning, the Holy Spirit's always there. When God said, let the abyss, the Holy Spirit go to work. So, here when Jesus said, "He without sin, cast the first soul. The Holy Spirit go to work. Imagine the biggest, the most prominent Pharisee with a big stone in his hand, ready to stone this woman. So the Holy Spirit touched him like this. And all of a sudden, you see, when the Holy Spirit touched you, you begin to have vision. His eyes was open. This number one Pharisee, now he begins to see things. And one of the things that he sees is a tablet of the commandments of God. The Ten Commandments. And something rose within him say, read. You can read. So now he's under the influence of the power of God. So he read the first commandment. And then there was a loud voice from within him that shouted one word. Guilty. So he's still under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He read the second commandment. And a loud voice from within. Guilty. Guilty. He read the third one, the fourth one, the fifth one, all the way to number ten. And the first from within him kept saying, guilty, 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 guilty. So he started sweating. So he put himself, he dropped the big stone in his hand. And he put himself in reverse gear. Have you ever seen people in reverse gear? They go like this. (laughs) Because he knew if he had stoned that woman, the stone like football would bounce back and hit him too. The Bible said, from the oldest to the youngest one of them, Every one of them experienced the same thing. What was Jesus doing when that was going on? The Bible said Jesus scooped down and it was writing on the ground. A lot of people have published articles and theological reviews as to what Jesus was writing. So I figured since I'm a theologian, I might as well add my own. And in my sanctified mind, I believe what Jesus was writing on the ground, I wasn't there, I just have to use my imagination. I believe what he was writing on the ground is the same thing the Holy Spirit was saying to each and every one of those Pharisees. Guilty. 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 The spirit and the son of God were in agreement. Ladies and gentlemen, why? Because every one of us from the pulpit to the pews we are guilty before God. Brother Pastor, how do you know that? I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, all I've seen. That's right brother Deacon. I hope you understand what all means. Everyone I've seen and come short of the glory of God. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where you see what I often call the gospel in plain English. You see the disease that we all have. And then now you're going to see the kill. And I submit to every one of you today, if you will humble yourself enough. I've noticed something in the church house. When invitation is made, people will come forward for everything but to be saved. You say, I want to pray for your children. They'll rush to the altar. I want to pray for your promotion the job. They'll rush to the altar. I want to pray for a miracle in your life. They'll rush to. Then when I say, do you want to be saved? They all remain seated because they're hypocrites. It takes humility. To admit that I am no better than that woman that was thrown at his feet. And by the way, permit me to make some comments of my own. Because uh, no disrespect to women. Women can do a lot of things. But no woman can commit adultery by herself. Are you still here. So, I was wondering, my sanctified mind. I said, now, nah. they throw her, what happens to the other brother? What is wrong with that brother is what's wrong with most people in the church today. In fact, in my sanctified mind, you see, I've been thinking a lot. People who are around me, they know that sometimes, you can be talking to me, and I'm staring at you, and I don't see a word. Because I'm in front of you, but I'm somewhere else. I'm processing some other more important information. In my search, I was wondering, I say, you know, if I finally get it. The other person, that man that was not brought before Jesus, I bet he's a Pharisee. And the problem of the Christian churches today, we have churches in every corner. But I will be surprised if 2% of all those churches are saved. Yes, I said Because we have become hypocrites. The Holy Spirit will be speaking to our heart, but in our mind, Oh, pastor is talking about them, not me. Let me ask you a question. On that very day, was there anyone present that is without sin that day? That's a tricky question. You know, I'm a college professor. I'm in the business of making people think. All right? We call it critical thinking. I do that to my students all the time. If you think about it critically, there was one person there without sin. And his name is Jesus. So the only person who is qualified to throw a stone at anybody, yeah. including you and me. Yeah. How did I know Jesus without sin? Where well, the book of Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, He who knew no sin. They're talking about Jesus. He became sin. For you and me. So Jesus was the only one on that day qualified. But you notice what he said. He said, woman, we are your accusers. And the sister said, they're all gone. No one is left. Then Jesus said something. The one who is qualified to stone her. She said, neither do I condemn you. If you church people get revelation of that one single statement, you will stop looking down on people. You will stop talking about people. You will stop thinking that you are more holy than other people. When you are just as messed up. Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Honestly, in my sanctified mind, the day this woman was picked up, I was trying to process it. I can imagine they grabbed her. I can imagine they said some ugly stuff to her. I can just see those Pharisees Telling her you filthy thing. They probably use some colorful language. The kind that you use. Oh, I'm going to preach this gospel today. Ladies and gentlemen. They were screaming at her. They were telling her you're going to die today. Honestly, I also imagine that this woman resisted. If she's a black woman, she's going to fight back. (laughs) Yes, I said it. So don't think, she just oh, please, you can just take me, arrest me, and just kill me. Oh, no. She'll knock off her wig. (laughs) Ain't nobody shouting now. You understand? She fought back. And I don't blame her for fighting back. Because in her spirit, she said, Oh no, I'm not the only one. You all be doing. And then I can imagine she looks and said, I know you. He <laughs> said, <laughs> Brother Baba. You one of our customers. I think I better move on. <laughs> but you know what happened when Jesus told her, I don't condemn you. The word of God says something very powerful. In the book of St. John, chapter 3, verse 17, it says, God has not sent his son to condemn the world. If you ever get hold of that revelation, then you will know it don't matter what you have done. It don't matter where you've been. God still loves you. I think this is what church people forget. They put each other's down. They talk about each other. Oh, if you see something that Christian folk, church folk, be writing on the Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, some church folks are so bad the companies have to close down your account. And nobody shouting now. Why would you think somebody is more sinful than you when you are just as bad? Apostle Paul said, this saying is true that Jesus came to this world to die for sinners, among which I am the chief. It takes humility. In my family, they have a joke. They think they're talking about me or putting me down. And I still love them. They will say, oh, you're the only one who have no friend, no, no enemy. You just love everybody. And they think that's a put down for me. But I know that many people that you think are less than you, the only reason you are still here you have not got caught. The love of God will cause you to, to love everybody. Life is too short to be hating on people. You'll be surprised even in the house of God. As pretty as your looks, some of you will not work with some people. It, it, it is a demonic spirit in you. If something is going on, the first question they want to ask me, Pastor, who is in charge? And once you tell them, oh, sister, so, so and so, is helping me with, oh, no, I can't work with her. It's a, it's a spirit that can put people into hell. Ladies and gentlemen, The word of God said there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. If you ever humble yourself and recognize that we all have made mistakes. And you don't look down on anyone or think you are better. And you come at the feet of Jesus and have an encounter with almighty God the Lord will save you. Everybody was gone because Jesus asked her, where are your accusers? She said, everybody is gone. When I talk about an encounter with God, see, I wasn't there, but you can, you can, you can see as you read, you can see what happened. Imagine the only two people now left is this woman and Jesus Christ. Imagine they just throw her at the feet of Jesus. She's there on the ground, shaking, scared. And she looked up. And her eyes connect with The man, the only man who knew no sin. An encounter with God. That same Jesus is right here in the house today. And if you humble yourself and connect your heart, connect your spirit with that man. Today might be the best day of your life. You're worried about who's looking. Guess what? They cannot heal you when you're sick. you worry about what somebody will say. Guess what? They cannot pay your bills when you're in need. So it takes humility to say, Lord, I realize I'm a sinner. This woman was shocked. Because for the first time in her life, she connected with true love. Everything she thought was love was nothing but a pile of dirt. And when she saw Jesus out, the word of God said she began to cry. I come to tell somebody today the love of God. Is greater than your mistakes. The love of God. Is greater than my mistakes. The love of God. Is greater than all of our sins. And don't allow anybody. To condemn you. Don't you condemn your own self. The Bible says God did not send Jesus. To condemn anyone. He came to love on you. He came to reconcile you and me back to God. Don't be a hypocrite. See, some of you are still with that hypocritical spirit. In your religious gown, you're thinking, Pastor, you ain't preaching about me today. I've always been faithful to my wife. I've always been faithful to my husband. Pastor, you can say all you want. I never robbed no bank. Pastor, I'm sorry. Amen. I never smoked no weeds. I'm all right. But the Bible said, Romans chapter 3, verse 23, every one of us, we have sinned. Every one of us, we're guilty. Until we realize that, we're leading ourselves straight down to hell. The Bible says, He who covereth his sins will not prosper. But anyone that will, that's right, Brother Deacon, anyone that will confess and forsake. that person will find mercy let that seek him I'm going to open the door of the church it doesn't matter whether it's big sin or little sin and all of you church folks who have done wrong all your life now you're too old to do wrong And now you want to be a judge? I beg every one of us don't be a hypocrite. Let your heart connect with God. I'm going to ask everyone to stand to your feet. And I ask you this question. There are two kinds of people in this house. There are people who have been trying to find God. How do I know you're trying? That's why you're live streaming today. That's why you are in the house today. That's why you listen on radio. That's why you watch on television. What is this man of God going to say today? I want to invite you to face up with God. I want you to know it don't matter what any religion says. God loves you. When I get hold of this revelation, it forever changed my own life. I can no longer hate Even when I want to, the Spirit of God will say no. Because I know how much He loved me. And how much He forgave me. And for somebody who is willing to go on the cross and die for my my guilt, the least I can do. It's just love, his bride, the church. If you are here today, say, I really want to connect with him. I want to be sure and be very sure when this life is over, I have a place in eternity with Christ. I hate to say it, but it's true. A lot of people are dying. A lot of people are going home. Wouldn't it be sad that you and I, we are not prepared to meet our maker? Let this be an opportunity for you to come to Jesus. And maybe you're here today. Somewhere along the way, you made a decision, you made a commitment. I want Jesus to be my Savior. But now things have happened over the years. Religion has gotten in the way for you and me. I'm a living testimony of that. Sitting on the piano, playing music, thinking that the message for everybody else but me, one day on my own Damascus road I discover you can be a preacher and still go to hell I discover you can be singing in the choir and bust hell wide open you can be a deacon in the church a minister in the church a deaconess in the church a, 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 a member for gazillion years and still bust hell wide open Brother, Pastor, how can you say that? He said, on that day, many will say, I heal people in your name. I fed people in your name. But Jesus will say, I don't know you. Maybe you're here today, you just want to say, Lord, I want to rededicate my life. I really of closing to God. In times like this, even the government cannot assure you of your safety. Only God can breathe life into a valley of dead bones. So I'm going to open this floor and whether you want to to make Jesus today have an encounter with him. Or whether you want to rededicate your life. Whether you want to stand in the gap for your loved ones. You know the way they're going. God said if I can find only 10 people in this city. I will save the whole city. I don't know what's going on in your life. But this is your time. Find your way to the altar right now. And I want to pray with you. Yes, Lord. be you at home, you're live streaming. There's a number under the screen. It's an 800 number. It's free. Dial that number today and say, Brother Pastor, me too. I am just like you. I need a Savior in my life. Oh, that I may know Him the power of his resurrection dial that number there's a preacher waiting to hear from you they will call you they will pray with you in the name of Jesus lift your hands towards heaven Father I want to thank you you promised me stay with the book I will stay with your church proving yourself again and again. Father, I pray that you would touch every heart. Father, I pray that you will save us from our own sin. Religion has messed us up. But Lord, I thank you that your word is still true. I pray, oh God, that you would touch every man. That you would touch every woman, even me, Lord. I belong to that altar right now. Lord, I pray that you would touch us one more time. I pray for your cleansing. I pray, oh God, for your forgiveness. David said you can take everything away, but don't take your love away from me. Create in me a clean heart. Renew the right spirit within me. I can always get another car. I can always get another job. I can always get another house. Oh, but don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Lord, I pray for a genuine encounter. Everyone under the sound of my voice. Standing before this altar today, I pray for a genuine encounter, a personal encounter with you in their home, a personal encounter on their job, a personal encounter in their business, a personal encounter with God in their pursuit. Oh, I know when you show up in our life, our life will never be the same again. Touch us right now heal our bodies forgive us of our sins oh god renew the right spirit within us glorify yourself in this house i thank you for it salvation today he says secures salvation today has come to your house i thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ. Open your mouth, shout amen. amen. Repeat after the pastor. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, thank you. I thank you. Thank you for saving me. I believe your word. That God sent you to this world. To die for my sin. I believe it. I receive, I receive it I confess it, I it. With, my with my own mouth Now I know, now I, know. I, am saved. I am saved I thank you Jesus For saving my soul In Jesus name Amen Amen, amen, amen. And amen Come on give the Lord God a clap offering right now Hallelujah Hallelujah Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God bless you. Thank you for praying for me. I, I belong to that altar. Ain't no shame in my game. When we humble ourselves, God will honor us. Let me encourage you. As the choir get ready to minister to us, the church is not over. You all. Please prepare your heart to minister through your giving. And this choir, they rehearse every week so they can minister to us. I have heard from the worship team. Now I want us to hear from our own choir. Is that all right? Is that all right? Amen. Amen. And remember, on your way out, you don't leave until they sing. Amen. Nobody, move. Amen. nobody move. Close the door. Amen. How you doing, Sister Perez Amen. So, the ushers will be right there at the back of the church. Give. As the Lord prosper you I have a saying in my house every time they tell me I'm giving too much I say you better leave me alone before I run you out of my house because I came with nothing so everything I got God did that's why I tell you to who much is giving much is required. Don't hesitate to give for the work of the ministry. you never give enough for the sake of the gospel. Those of you at home, you can go to our website, ZionHill.com. There's opportunity for online giving. Some of you might say, Pastor, I forgot my check at home. You, you see, we have a QR Right there in the lobby. All you need to do is point your, your telephone to it. It will show up. You can give inside the building. You can give in your car. There's a text number. That you can even text your giving. We have all kinds of avenues to give in this church. Amen. Your giving will determine receive. Did you hear what I said? The more you give, don't let nobody talk you into not giving. Every now and then my folks will remind me they're trying to use me. I say, you don't know my story. I am glad I'm on this side of the aisle. Not on the other side, having to beg. It's a privilege to be able to give. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, you see that. Press down, shake it together. Your cup will be running over. Amen. Choir. Who is the director today? God bless you.
1: Come on, put your hands together. What a mighty God we serve. service, in our service, you may be in